You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. And again, now, two days away from the 2021 NFL Draft in Cleveland, Ohio, your latest Locked On Browns, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, make sure you're following over there. Uh, DMs are open at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Best way for all of you folks to get in touch with me. Questions, ideas, thoughts. Uh, just stop inviting me to fantasy leagues. That's all I ask in that respect, my friends. Um, the iTunes situation. Uh, sorry, everybody. It is still not resolved. Um, there is an article of what's going on through the Apple Podcast app. Um, I did post it out on my page. If you want to go ahead and check it out, there's nothing I can physically do about it. There's nothing anybody here at Locked On can physically do about it. I hate it. You know, this is, you know, besides in season, my favorite week of the NFL calendar. Um, so it hurts. Uh, you know, we've been putting out a ton of content. I know a lot of you folks haven't gotten to it, uh, but when I'm posting shows, I'm putting the megaphone link. I'll put up the Spotify link. I'll put up the new Odyssey link. Uh, so please check any and all of those out. Excited for this guest today. Um, when I first started covering the Browns with Locked On Browns back in 2017, uh, everybody kind of reached out and they were fantastic about it. And there were some folks I didn't really know that well. Today's guest from the OBR, an original you know, OG of Browns content, was one of those gentlemen to do it. Um, we've had a lot of, I think a lot of our discussions have probably gone on through DMs and not as much about Browns as a fact as it's probably been life in general from the OBR, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lane Atkins. Good morning, Jeff. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously enthusiasm off the charts. Um, I think finally a, a draft lane where we can just kind of all sit back and just perhaps just enjoy it. As opposed to, you know, whether or not one pick, two pick can make the difference of finally getting this team out of the cellar um, or to a playoff game, which we've already experienced. Oh, absolutely. And it makes it more interesting picking at 26 or whatever they're going to do, because, you know, there's just so many options. You're not sitting at the one, two or three and you got an idea who they're going to pick. Now it just adds a little bit more excitement and intrigue into what's going to happen here this weekend. Yes, in fact, it does. Now, um, we've been talking about this, and, you know, Lane, you and I, and a lot of us, you know, seem to be on sync here. Um, of course, you know, fans are always going to feel a little bit different, and, and it's understand. But this draft, you know, the old, one of the best candies that ever existed, in my opinion, because uh, you put one in your mouth and it lasted for about 45 minutes, um, was now or later. Um, and yep. I think this year, this draft cycle, for the Browns, and this is where, you know, when we talk wide receivers, Browns fans seem confused. When we talk about adding yet another pass rusher, some Browns fans seem confused. Or yet another defensive back, some fans seem confused. But when the state of this franchise and this roster is in, you have a lot of core talent that is on the verge of, you know, time of paying the piper, that second contract. So is this draft necessarily a now draft or is this draft necessarily a later draft? Well, with any draft that you're looking, you're looking for now, but in the case of the Browns, it's really, it's going to be the later because you're looking at a roster that's, it's really good. I mean, at the back end of the roster, there's always going to be spots that are open for competition, 
But you know, this this is really a, a now or later type of thing because you can you can go wide receiver or you can go defensive line or you can you can select an offensive line lineman a little bit later. It's it's a thing where you're looking at position groups with dollars that players can be moving on and you want to have that talent readily available in your back pocket. And you know, that's where they are. It's you always want an impact player in your first round or two, but it's not the dire necessity it has been for the Browns for you know since the return, basically. <laughs> and it's it's refreshing. It is absolutely refreshing. There's no doubt about that. Lane, this is a weird, weird you know, draft year. Obviously, last year we had gotten the 2019 regular college season. There was no thought of opting out, any of that type of nature. With 2020, uh, a lot of players opting out for, you know, the you know risk of saving themselves, you know, protecting their families, protecting everyone involved. But mm-hmm. when you're looking through things through an analytic lens, basically, what are you doing? You're trying to gather so much information and it goes into boxes, checking the boxes, same way anybody makes major decisions in their lives. But we've right. got a weird year here, and there's players being rumored to the Browns who are A, maybe injured, B, maybe with character issues, C, maybe opted out of the 2020 season. Some players trying to be linked here have all of the above. How <laughs> is is it different for an analytic front office faced with so many things that they're not normally going to see, such as players you know, opting out? Does it make for a more difficult decision in that, these smart analytic people do not have all the information at hand that they would normally like to make major decisions like they're about to make. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Any, anything that's change will become a factor and potentially change what the end game is, you know, looking at 2020, you know, players opting out, there's, there's teams that don't feel that was a necessity for a player just to opt out, opt out, to opt out. Um, you know, not getting your hands on all the medicals with all these players, not, you know, not having your hands on mm-hmm. them to go through that process at the combine where, you know, that's really what it is. You're in their face and you're getting all that medical hands-on information. You know, on a lot of these guys, you just don't know the complexity of what they have going on. So it's, it's going to cause, it's going to be a cause and effect for many teams. And I think the Browns are going to be one of those teams that fit into that category. Uh, yeah, and it's difficult. I mean, you know, there's players such as Micah Parsons, and if anybody hasn't heard, you know, Lane has spoken on Micah Parsons. So if you want to check that out on the podcast he did with Jake Burns through the OBR, or of course, you know, through the OBR itself, um, there's a player which is a difficult one. I mean, you're talking about a player who opted out, and of course, you know, has two, if not more, uh, character questions with him. Caleb Farley, right. another interesting one, a fantastic player, um, but you're talking about a young man, almost 21 years old, and he's had, you know, basically two back surgeries, which is, you know, just crazy within almost the span of about 13, 14 months. Um, you know, the bad thing, one the bad other thing, thing with, go ahead. You know, the bad thing with Farley is, is go that, ahead. you know, there's still some effect from that lingering effect that we hear, which, you know, is really concerning. And you have to gauge these things when you get into the draft and all this stuff starts popping out so close to the draft. Is this a premeditated thing to try to push a guy down? But, you know, in the case of Farley, there's some noise that, you know, he's still got a little bit of an issue, which is really when it comes to a team like the Browns, a huge issue. And of course, there's also the fact that Mr. Farley is represented by um, a certain <laughs> agent that will, I mean, he could convince you that maybe somebody in the ground six feet under is still alive and well and breathing um, for the God's sake of the <laughs> almighty dollar. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Lane. Um, been a pleasure so far, enjoying every minute of it. Um, obviously a very, very busy week for 
everybody as we you know close on down to Thursday. So we'll be back here with the OBR's Lane Atkins in just a minute. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Blaine, last year, I think we were all pretty confident. You know, we had felt pretty good about the offense. We're going into the draft and everybody, oh, maybe we'll draft, you know, this on offense. We needed the tackle. We got Jedrick Wills. And then it'll be defense all the way throughout. Yeah, guess what? That didn't work out that way. Now, this year, I, I, I think we all kind of feel the same way, but there is that part in the back of my head. Um, a, you never want to stop improving. You never want to stop building. You never want to stop lengthening the talent you have in any positional room. Right. Are we fans, national media, are folks possibly sleeping on some – Positions on the offensive side of the ball, as again, they're always going to try and create a little bit more money towards next year's cap and future cap. Uh, I believe absolutely so. I mean, you look at the the Browns, the wide receiver room is it's cap heavy, and you're talking about an area where you've got your star potential wide receiver coming off a significant injury. You have another wide receiver in a slot where you know you you're looking at increasing your speed and quickness on offense, giving yourself the possibility and the opportunities. And you're looking at a lot of money. I mean, that's over $30 million in cap space, where if you draft a wide receiver or two and bring them through the process, it changes your, your cap management outlook. So, you know, wide receivers a spot. And I think, th I think they're always going to look at tight ends because this is a, a very tight end type driven offense, even though it's going to evolve beyond that. I think tight end is a spot you're always going to look at as well as offensive line because the offensive line position group is going to increase in salary. and It's going to rival that wide receiver room when you talk about dollars and cents towards the cap at some point. So I think you're going to look at all those spots. It's all important for a team that wants to manage the cap, likes to have a little bit in the back pocket and have that wiggle room to do what they want to do. I think those are all areas that this team is going to continue to look at now and going forward. Uh, with tight end, especially, look, you know, everybody's been trying to run David Njoku out of here for years. But in the all reality is, is, you know, David Njoku does not have a contract with the Cleveland Browns once 2021 is up. You look right. at Austin Hooper. If the 2021 season goes similar to how the 2020 season went, then you're going to have some questions uh, about mm -hmm. whether or not you're going to continue with that relationship obviously a player like mr pitts out of florida is not going to be within the browns range but certainly would have the appeal um and and i love the fact how you you know you brought up you know the athleticism and you know whatever you want to say about odell and jarvis is you know they're getting closer to that magic number of 30 um that you know folks start to get a little nervous about any positional player within the nfl um you mm -hmm. talk about the fact that the atlanta falcons have julio jones on the market at 32 years old We'll see what the ultimate return will be as the trade cannot go down till June 1st. And you're talking about, you know, assets for 2022, you know, maybe you don't want to gamble and you get, you know, 
75% of Julio Jones in 2021, but you've already given up, you've already given up something that you might use to replace him in 2022 just to acquire him for one season. So, you know, the age and certainly the fact that the way the, the NFL draft class is at the wide receiver position, we started this in 14 and then it was 15 and then it was 16. It's just become one of the most dominant positional groups, you know, year in, year out in the NFL draft as these players, I mean, it, it just goes back to, you know, and now it's in, you know, the youth leagues, obviously in high school, that the ball is just right. getting thrown everywhere more and more, giving the opportunity for these wide receivers to develop at such an early age, which puts them in prime position to succeed day one in the NFL. Right. I mean, you look at it, you look at wide receivers on the offensive side of the ball, and you look at cornerbacks on the defensive side of the ball. It, it tells you all you need to know about where the game has gone and where it's at, because it's all about this ball being in the air. You got to be able to catch it, got to be able to cover. And, you know, those are the two areas that the Browns themselves are looking at have, you know, that can change their outlook. And, you know, the thing with like Odell Jarvis Landry, you, you don't want to turn the apple cart over after coming off that 2020 season where you made the playoffs, you made strides, Odell got hurt, Baker progressed in an offensive system that didn't have much time together. And they just worked it and put it together as they went, you know, going forward after 2021, it, it could be an all new world. So, you know, it's something that you have to look at when you start talking about wide receivers in the Cleveland Browns. It's it's certainly, uh, you know, it's interesting, and especially with the fact that you could move on from two high-priced guys, Rashard Higgins, uh, Kaderil Hodge, so many players here not based, essentially tied to the future of this position. And as I keep trying to reiterate to all you people, folks, smart people start fixing a problem before it becomes a problem. So it's always something to keep in the back of your head. Lane, this front office, and obviously you've been, you know, with this organization, you know, reporting for this organization through the OBR since the good old days, the glory days, mm -hmm. and even to the point where there wasn't a franchise. Mm -hmm. When this franchise was hot, they're in the Bernie years where they were highly, highly successful, had themselves a hell of a run. And to now where we're starting to peel back the curtain and starting to see that this franchise maybe finally, after so many years, has found themselves on a path to probably sustainable success. What are some of the differences which are going to be, you know, when you're talking a 35-year process, and maybe what are some of the similarities? Over, you know, the game changes. You know, you look back to 84, 85 when the USFL was in existence, and the Browns capitalized on taking some of that talent out of that league and bringing it to Cleveland compared to where you are at a team today where you have an, a front office of Andrew Barry, a very smart group of analytical guys who know the game, some who played the game compared to the back in 84, 85, 86, and that era where it was hardcore, nose in the dirt, football, football, football. Um, you know, the similarities are is knowing the game and, and knowing people and having smart people. Back then, Ernie Acorsi was the, the huge voice in the middle of all that, which is one of the most intelligent football guys on knowing how to judge and read people that I've ever come across. And you have the same type of scenario going on in Cleveland right now. You got you got a younger guy as an Andrew Barry who's very he's very intelligent, he communicates very well, he's receptive, listens, knows how to just understand you he does he's not the type of guy who talks down to you he's the type of guy who can engage agents 
as well as players with an understanding, which breaks the similarities of this front office compared to back to the old days with, with an Ernie Accorsi. That That's a similarity that good fo- football men, good football front offices have. And, and this is where it is driving this team and this organization to where they are now because it's 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 a well-balanced, very strong group that works together. Uh, I, and this is actually going to be my retort to that. And actually, you kind of, I think, perfectly set it up and teed it up for me. How important is, you know, a front office with coaching staff and everybody in the building working in unison? Look, we've I've seen this. Um, in the early years, obviously, of my full you know Browns coverage here starting in, in 2017 and starting to see it now. And the thing that I come away with the most is if you almost closed your eyes and you listen to some of these pressers, whether it's Andrew Barry, uh, whether it's when we get to hear from Paul DePodesta, whether, even though it's limited, or, of mm-hmm. course, Kevin Stefanski, they all speak the same. It's right. all the same type of answers, which tells you that these meetings um, – Everybody's in attendance. It's not, okay, here's a meeting, wink, wink, that everybody's in attendance for. Now we're going to ask 12 of you to leave because I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't know if I trust you because I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. It's just such a refreshing balance to know that, you know, this organization, you know, whether it's the 53rd guy on the roster all the way up to Andrew Berry, that everybody just seems to be on the same page. Well, the, the point is, is that you, you have guys who are leading up this organization, like a Paul D. Podesta, as you mentioned, that, you know, there was a strategy in place to get the same type of people with the same type of mindset, the same type of beliefs and the same type of principles, that there was that alignment, that the opportunity or the potential for things going sideways was much smaller. Going back to situations in Cleveland, going back all the way to Butch Davis when Dwight Clark was in the front office and Butch Davis was the head coach. It was, you know, they were beating heads together. You, you kept on going through Mike Patton and Ray Farmer. Um, <laughs> John Dorsey, John Dorsey wanting to run the show. You already got a head coach in Hugh Jackson who just wanted to run the show. You always had different sides of the aisle. You know, two guys on the opposite side of the river you know, shooting missiles at each other. This is the first time that I can remember in a very long time where you actually had everybody, you know, behind the same cannon, shooting the same shot. It's a different <laughs> ball game. And it's it's quite refreshing to cover. Um, and, you know, in, in the early years for me covering the Browns, it, it was a lot of fun to just, you know, basically reiterate, you know, almost time and time again, I have no idea what the hell's going on. I don't think anybody in that front office does. And now it's like, oh, well, we don't get any information. Well, that's just fantastic um, because there's no reason to give up your hold cards. We got some questions from you listeners, which we're going to get to here with Lane. Having a blast here on the latest Locked on Browns. Whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines will do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, 
rockauto.com. Now, I will tee up the first question myself, then we'll get to the listeners. Lane, this is always the most difficult week in the NFL draft process. So much starts to leak out, and it's so difficult to know who to believe or why a team may send something through an Ian Rappaport or any one of these guys hoping that a player may will fall, you know, very well may fall into striking distance for them. What's the diff- most difficult part? And obviously, I'm sure you see a ton here, uh, you know, probably starting as early as, you know, Friday, everything just, you know, the ball rolling, either good things for somebody, bad things for somebody. You know, the fact that San Francisco apparently sitting there with a coin in their hand trying to figure out which quarterback they actually traded up for. What's the most <laughs> difficult water to navigate during this week? Tracking back where the noise is coming from to see if you can find where the origination is usually gives you a good idea on knowing if it's BS or if it's reality. <laughs> and it is the most fun part. And of course, folks, agents certainly, certainly have their hands in all of this. There is no doubt about that. We are going to get to the next one here for Mr. Lane Atkins joining us from the OBR. And again, as always, guys, thank you so much for you know participating. Um, like I've always said, you know, the show will be nothing without you guys. So uh, getting you involved as much as I possibly can uh, always means a lot to me. From Seth, who are some names not posted on the OBR or positions that maybe we should know of, think of, or maybe even schools in general, because there's always a link between front offices and certain universities as far as working relationships? Well, you have to you have to look at where they're going in the now and later philosophy. If if you look at offensive linemen, you may need a center. I mean, we could be looking at J.C. Treader and his towards his last hurrah in Cleveland. There's there's a, a center sitting out there in Wisconsin Whitewater that's gotten their attention. If you look at offensive linemen, you got to worry about the Wyatt Teller situation and where his contract is going to go because it's going to be it's going to be a huge deal, and we we know that they they've looked at a couple guards recently, but when you get down to it, you start looking at position groups and wide receiver. We keep coming back to wide receiver. I'll continue to because I think it's an area that at some point that is just going to happen. And you just have some really good wide receivers sitting out there, Bateman, which I don't think they're going to have a chance to get their hands on. You got an Elijah Moore and you got a Terrence Marshall. Those three guys, I know that they have spent more than the the customary look at, which leads you to believe that it's an area of interest. Cornerbacks is heavy. Everybody's screaming about those top four. I, I don't think Farley is going to be a realistic player in that mix. I don't think you're going to get your hands on somebody like certain and JC Horn, unless you're going to really just give that draft capital up to get up there to get them. You start getting into guys like the Samuel jr, which, which is a huge question because you have to you consider the size. Is he going to be a true outside corner? Or is he going to be an inside corner? The guy can play. The question is, is where then you can get into the Campbell's and a guy like Eric Stokes, we're talking about cornerbacks that can play this game that you don't have to just drop a first round draft choice on that you can get into the second round and there's there's guys beyond them. So it's it you know the draft is for me three it's three rounds heavy. I can get anything I want in those first three rounds. So that that's the position that's, I take with it. And that's the thing that I love. I mean, when you think about this in the amount of you know, roster room that there actually might legitimately be on this team, 
five picks when the first 110 selections. And it makes you also wonder when you hear that Andrew Barry's board, you know, they viewed maybe 114 draftable players, maybe tells you that they think the meat and potatoes of this is obviously, you know, that first pick up into the fourth round, which five mm-hmm. selections within the top 110. Um, everybody, and now obviously when you mention names like Horn, you mentioned names like Sertan Jr. Uh, the, do you think, and it just for, you know, and everything, this is what we try to respond with. It goes against everything analytic, essentially to trade up. It also goes away from the fact that they just like to have all bases covered. They always want everything in the kitchen. Could this be the year when they're in this position and it could be a crucial difference making player that you could maybe buck your beliefs, buck what would normally be your trend? I'm under the impression that they're in a position, one that we have not seen them in forever, especially this new regime. Looking at a team that's competitive, a playoff team, they have some guys that they like. This would be the year that I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I may be slightly surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's a guy sitting a few spots up that they really like, that they really entertain that option of going after. I think this is the year we could see that happen. Uh, we've t- we talked about this recently, and part of it is is when you look at a team like Tennessee sitting there at 22, um, you know, obviously two years ago, Tennessee got the better part of the Browns. Obviously, last year, the Browns got the better part of Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. both looking at similar positions, similar mm-hmm. skill set type of players. So you understand that you may be in competition with a team that you're on the level with, but you may ha- say, hey, I- I- we know that there's a really, really good chance they're going to take him, and our heart is set on him. So, you know, yes, it's not normally what we do, but I'm going to sleep better at night knowing I snipe them before they snipe me. Right. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see just how the board starts coming off because it's really a crapshoot because a lot of these teams have just strange needs or unique needs. And there's always going to be a couple teams that just draft somebody that you just don't see coming. I can see the Raiders doing something crazy like that. Um Tennessee's a good spot. Tennessee, you saying the Titans was an interesting thing because I've I've came down to many scenarios and I've hit Tennessee probably four or five times as a spot that just derails a plan. So I'm with you there. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's cornerback, whether it could be a Bateman, whether it could be an Elijah Moore, it just seems, you know, b- both teams are at a point where they're looking for difference-making players and, you know, it could come down to, you know, one one or the other, and then you look at Indianapolis, who says, hey, you know, we could always take an extra pick or two if somebody wants to, uh, you know, head. And the thing is, is, you know, for the Colts, maybe they wouldn't be so inclined to deal with Tennessee within their own division. But, hey, maybe the Browns are a little bit more appealing, uh, you know, as it's not somebody that we have to deal with year in, year out. And obviously, um, you know, just played them this past season. Lane will go with this one as the final one. I think, I think everybody had expectations for this franchise last year. I think having a winning season would have been good enough. Uh, the bread on the butter, obviously making the playoffs, um, obviously going into Pittsburgh and you know stomping down that big brother that beat the living daylights out of you for so long. How realistically high are the expectations for this Cleveland Browns team in 2021? Realistically, they look at their roster. I'm talking about the Browns themselves from what I've been told, and they feel that they are a legitimate AFC championship type contender they feel with good fortune and fate and doing their job in procuring the talent that they want to get in here that 
they have the opportunity to be that team standing at the end in the AFC that they almost had the opportunity to become a season ago. They arrived a little early last year. They were, there was surprise on how that all transpired, especially with how the 2020 year went with COVID and all the distractions and disadvantages of trying to play the game. They feel good about where they are, but they also know that it's going to take much more work than what they did a year ago to get to that next level. And they're committed to that. And, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things, not only with the playoff win over Pittsburgh, but knowing you essentially hung with the chiefs for 55, 56, 57 minutes. And it just leaves that taste. Um, you know, the taste of, you know, I want to go back. I want that again. And so many players who actually just stood there and, you know, obviously watched, you know, as the chiefs were celebrating, you know, going on to the next round and then understanding that, Hey, this was great, but this is just one, one step on the mountain. We want to climb to the top. Right. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand about what this game is. This is still a people business and the Browns, or I could say Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, that group, they invest a lot of that time, a lot. They invest themselves into the people aspect of this thing. The right guys around, the right mindset, everybody working together, team. You know, a lot of times you see teams that it's just like you can cut player X, Y, and Z, and it doesn't matter. You just bring somebody else in and replace them. They don't try to, they don't, believe in that type of philosophy if you have to make a move you make a move but they're trying to make this core as one and i think that's where an area that they've done an exceptional job in a little over a year in developing that and you got players who actually buy into that so they're very careful with their moves and they're very strategic and methodical because they only want to move the apple cart so far in an opposite direction <laughs> Very eloquently put from Mr. Lane Atkins. Uh, folks, I talk all the time. Um, you know, the guys over at the OBR, this isn't, you know, colleagues, this is, you know, friends, this is family. We talk all the time. And, you know, as we will, I will always say, and, uh, you know, we, we reciprocate, we always know who's putting in the work. Um, there's obviously those who lift things and try to put it off as their own. And there's those who are putting in, you know, the daily, the grind, the legwork. <laughs> um, the folks at the OBR love them, respect them, and certainly. Uh, the OG and basically kind of like everybody's big brother around here, Mr. Lane Atkins. So if you would not subscribe to the OBR, make sure you rectify that now. Um, I believe uh, always running some good deals over there, but uh, an incredible source of information um, and certainly a good way to get information before you may hear it from somebody else. Just saying, just saying, because it does happen from time to time. So make sure you were, you were following the Orange and Brown Report. Uh, make sure you have a subscription, obviously following uh, their Twitter page. Make sure you are following uh, at the real LA. I prefer, you know, the uh, I prefer the egg Abby, but whatever lane. We can go either way with it. Um, but make sure you're checking all that out. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Remember, iTunes while it's down. I will put up the megaphone link. I will put up the Spotify link. I will put up the Odyssey link as we wait to get out of iTunes prison. Um, with all that being said, I appreciate you all. I am excited. I cannot wait. Um, a number one for this to get here. Um, so the bickering will be over. Of course, then we can bicker about who they drafted, which is fantastic as well. Um, but with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.